Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever in the world you might be. I am Nicole BZ, and you know everything. This episode is inspired by all of my clients last week because they all had the same questions and none of them know each other. And most of them are in different businesses. <laughs> it never ceases to amaze me how that happens, especially because I do offer mentorship through SCORE, which is a, in the United States, federally funded program. And these are like micro businesses. These are some people who haven't even started yet. And they're asking the same thing. It's so funny. Something's in the air. This is an incredibly important question. How do you develop your people? How do you develop your team? How do you find your people? How do you scale and grow your business more people? It might potentially be robots in the not so very far future. However, <laughs> for the now, it's still humans that are prompting the robots. We'll see how long that lasts. And even with that, it's like, how do you find the right person for that input in your business? And one of the reasons I love business and I love business coaching is we are unable to hide from or ignore or even deny some of the experiences we can in our regular lives. Like if you think someone's like in a toxic relationship, you just leave, right? Or if you don't want to deal with somebody, you just ghost them. In business, you can't always do that, especially when you're the boss. You are literally responsible for these people. So you hire, you grow, you trust, you invest, you pay, and you are inevitably disappointed. You do it again, it's even worse. You stop, then you have to do all of the work. And that's just another type of hell, right? So many people I've talked to and most, I mean, I've yet to meet someone who didn't have a not just negative, but like traumatizing experience when it comes to leading and hiring people. One of my sob stories, if you will, was leaving someone on a team who was an underperformer. They were doing their best. It just wasn't enough. And this was during 2020. So I felt really bad about letting someone go during that time. And I begged my business partner to just wait through the holidays, even though this person was suffering. They didn't like the way that we were working. They didn't like the way that we were evolving. They didn't ask, they didn't like what was being asked of them in terms of their work. Nothing had really changed since we hired them, but they just, they didn't really get the job. We were a fractional accounting firm. We worked with really, really big, really, really complicated businesses whose cash flow had gotten away from them. We supported CFOs in their reporting to boards. Oftentimes our work was problem solving, going through tons and tons of tons of data and reports and systems, rebuilding the system in a way that supported the business and its growth, and then helping to implement, so supporting their existing accounting team and implementation, problem solving, troubleshooting, and reporting, building out customized reports so that they could report to their leadership who could then report to essentially the leadership of the organization. And these are like billion dollar businesses, right? And he just, he didn't like the unpredictability of it. 
that particular senior level advisor in accounting tends to kind of show up and do the same thing every day, which is like my actual worst nightmare and why we had attracted a team full of really dynamic, really creative, not in a bad way, but open to new possibilities and problem solving, which takes as long as it takes when you're kind of trying to follow this like piece of string in terms of reporting and records and everybody trying to kind of cover up different mistakes and trying to roll things up, right? Like oftentimes when you're reporting, you're trying to like look like it's spending less money and looks like you're making more money. And sometimes that's false or a little bit exaggerated. So anywho, most of our people really loved it. And we hired this guy based on his experience, right? Like you typically hire someone because you think they're going to be really good for the job. And it's a surprise when they're not. It's disappointing. And then we do performance improvement plans or we put things in writing and we assume that if you care, you'll improve. But sometimes they're doing their best. (laughs) Then it's typically one of four reasons you've got someone underperforming. One, they simply don't have the skill set. There's some options there, right? Two, they lack the understanding. They don't really understand what's expected. It's unclear. Three, they lack the resources, as in one of the things that we learned in this particular example was that because we were remote connecting to most of our clients' intranets, upload times, especially with some of these like super mega complicated spreadsheets and reporting that we were doing, it could take 10 minutes to open a spreadsheet. I'm not even exaggerating a little bit. So if you're working on multiple clients in a day, you could be looking at an hour's worth of uploading, I'm sorry, opening a particular document. That's incredibly inefficient. If a client calls you and expects an answer while they're on the phone and you're sitting there like, let me wait until your spreadsheet opens, also inefficient if we're not managing expectations around that. So they lack the actual resources, the computer, the office, the lighting, the tools, the car, the guy, whatever it might be, whatever your particular business is. Or the fourth reason, they lack the time. The expectation around how long it should take the job is unreasonable for one reason, like for one excuse or another. It all sounds like it's their fault. It's not their fault. Sometimes we just literally things have changed. Again, we're not taking into account certain considerations, but no one wakes up in the morning and thinks, I'm going to do a really bad job. I'm going to underperform. I'm going to disappoint people. I really hope my team thinks I am slacking. That would be amazing. And uh, yeah, I really hope my boss and the owner just generally thinks I am not a team player, right? Like, no. Most people wake up and do their best. And once you've eliminated time, resources, and understanding, that's when you've got to kind of look at skill set. The way that you develop your team, the way that you hire the right people, in my particular opinion, as you know, I am incredibly values-based. I use values as my filter. I hire people based on their values. I personally believe you can teach skill. If they're lacking in skill set, perhaps something has evolved, perhaps they need another training, perhaps they need someone to show them how to do it. Maybe you've done that a bunch of different times. So let them know, I am going to show you how to do this one more time. We've been through this however many times you feel like is a reasonable amount of expectation. Some people I work with think they need to show people and tell people once. Other people are happy to go through it multiple times. Some businesses create very robust systems to both train and then reference on. So you should never need to ask a question because the answers are available. And if not, you just simply update that resource, right? 
whatever it may be. <laughs> you make it very clear, this is how you can do this again properly. And if that doesn't happen, then we're probably going to need to explore different opportunities, whether it's you in a different place in this organization or you in a different organization. Performance improvement plans are that. They're typically like something developed in writing that walks people through how to address their skill set, their understanding, their resources, or their timing, right? And the reason is that we now document it, which in most places you need to be able to do before you decide that somebody is not an appropriate fit for your organization or for yourself. The thing is, is once someone's on a performance improvement plan, the jury's, the jury's out. And that is also their opportunity to start figuring out, is this where I want to be? Is this the best place for me? Am I in value alignment? When our values align, when fun, freedom, excellence, and adventure, in my instance, are met, we work beautifully with each other. When someone needs repetition, consistency, high touch, micromanagement, that does not fall into adventure or excellence as far as I'm concerned. We're not a good fit. It doesn't matter if we love each other. It doesn't matter if I actually think they're phenomenal at what they do. If they need me to tell them that over and over and over again, every day at the exact same time, it's not going to work because that's not how I work. Started off on a little bit of tangent. I did want to try and tell a story. Sometimes I feel like storytelling is effective. So let me wrap that one up and then we'll kind of get into what I think are like the three ways to develop your team and why this really matters, how this will impact you. And some things you might not initially expect because it isn't always about them. And if you're the CEO, founder, builder, creator, inspirado behind this business, it is in fact all about you. You get to do it your way. So to finish up, with this particular resource that I did keep on through most of the standard American holidays and I let them go. Initially, the reaction was poor. They hadn't, they hadn't lasted a year and they're a little bit older and from that old world business model where you're supposed to have every job for at least two years, blah, 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 improve your commitment. However, this individual had a ton of experience, right? Like they've been in the, this industry for about not quite 40 years. And we're, they were really great at their job. They just weren't great at the job we needed them to do. As soon as I let them go, I heard it from the whole team. Like, oh my God, they were such a drag. I had to help them so much, blah, blah, blah. And I had that realization, like one bad apple can ruin the bunch. My team lost confidence in me. They were frustrated and discouraged. It impacted their own work because they were distracted and it took time away. It took resources away from them being able to be successful, which also created resentment. It was like a domino effect. And as soon as that person left, there was a huge improvement in overall performance and just general attitude and energy at work. Our clients started coming back to me and saying, thank, you know, that person was just really slow, like blah, blah, blah. So like I realized I was doing a lot of damage by thinking I was doing the right thing, by trying to be like noble and protective. The other very surprise outcome was that this individual within two weeks had a job that absolutely supported the way they worked. They made more money. They were happier because they could be successful in their work. And their employer literally wrote me a thank you note. Uh, it was like three or four months later, just saying like, thank you for creating this resource for us. Like how often does that happen? And it really taught me that when you've got someone who's the wrong butt in a seat, everybody is going to lose in some way, shape, or form. Now, you have a variety of options here. We're going to go through that. But 
What I will say is trust your gut. For the most part, they do need a performance improvement plan. You do need to try. (laughs) I think that's the right thing to do by humans. You need to have that conversation with them. You need to be very clear about what it is that you're looking for. You need to show them, demonstrate, give them concrete examples of what has occurred and what would have been a successful example of that particular activity to give them the opportunity to step up. Sometimes somebody just having a bad day or a bad minute. By minute, I mean like, you know, they're going through something in their personal lives. They don't feel like they can talk about that at work. That's on you. If you don't have a place, a workplace where your people feel like they can be transparent and honest, even if it's just on a one-on-one with their supervising manager or you, that's on you. That means that people are hiding things. That actually kind of goes back to that like accounting example. They're rolling things up. They feel like they've got to round up in order to be approved. That's going to snowball. That's what I'm looking for. Compound. (laughs) Little things become big things when that's the case. So have a very real look at yourself in the mirror when you're discovering things you feel like you should have known about. That suggests people, for whatever reason, don't communicate that information in a timely fashion, in a manner that would actually allow you to do something about it. So that was a surprise little tidbit just for you. I think the three ways to develop your team are you test them, you train them, and you empower them. So by testing them, I mean, and this can apply to whether it's your first hire, whether it's a new hire, whether it's somebody you're promoting within your organization, whether you've identified someone who you consider to be a high performer, a person worthy of investing in, someone that has demonstrated commitment, they've demonstrated leadership, there's something about them that's really special, and you want to grow that right? Even if it's like actually using them as an example for the rest of your team, like, hey, when you take this level of initiative, when you create this level of success, when you're getting these types of results, you get this, you get development, you get investment, you get attention, time, praise, acknowledgement, validation, positioned in different places, challenged, right? So I think the first component for testing is time. You let people know, six months, you're doing this particular job, you're making 100 outgoing calls, you're getting whatever that kind of result is that you're looking for, they're showing up every day. Potentially they are taking their PTO. Like they're following the organizational culture. They're in alignment with the values for that particular role. And they're demonstrating like, I'm in it to win it. I'm here because I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. Now, again, if that's like a new hire or they're a new, they've been newly placed in this role, I would Give, I would let them know the amount of time as well. Because sometimes someone's doing something pretty crappy <laughs> as proof. Like we all started here. It's potentially the best way to get to know your customer client buyer. They're having to review things and improve things, which is also a learning process in, in and of itself. Maybe you've got a really big project you're working with them on as a temporary hire in order to, um, to believe like this is the right person for this organization. Maybe it's a contract to hire. If you've worked with me as a one-on-one client, you'll know I'm a big fan of things like that. Like start small because the investment you will put into your team and to your core people is huge. And there's a, I believe that we, our business should be able to live and breathe without us as like the founder or the creator or the leader. That's when you have a truly autonomous being that can, that has flow and function and purpose, right? Like if you don't show up 
everything is still happening at the level that you would expect it to. They're, they're not just like sitting up straight and turning off their phones because you walked through the door, right? So there's, there's a, an amount of time. Give them projects, give them challenges, give them KPIs, metrics, some way to know that they, there's a target and you are looking for them to hit it by a certain date. At that point, they will cross a threshold, in which case they'll likely just be given more projects and challenges. But the reward is more responsibility with the potential of more remuneration, higher pay, or more influence, more responsibility, a job change title, potentially more creative projects, more influential projects. But they can see what I call the ascension plan. They can see how they move up. Now, again, you don't even need to have this conversation with them. This can be a pre-recorded like, blah, 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 blah. Welcome to my world. I'm so excited you're here. We honor fun, adventure, excellence, uh, and freedom. <laughs> Right. And like, I look forward to you being our customer service agent. Uh, we expect you to be engaging with 20 to 50 customers on a daily basis. Not immediately, of course, but by six months, we look forward to graduating you to the next level of this experience. Please talk with your supervising manager if you need anything. Here's your employee onboarding book, so on and so forth. Right. Like, you give them a very clear picture of what this job looks like and what it will take to be successful and what happens after they, they unlock that next level of success. So, you are testing them, but they know there's a test. This isn't a pop quiz, right? Secondly, you're training them. So once they prove worthy of investment, then you think, okay, what is it that I really need from this particular role? You can layer that with this particular person. What are their strengths? What are they best at? What are their superpowers? That gives you these opportunities. Should they be going to conferences and networking? Maybe they should be pitching for presentations and partnerships. Maybe you're sending them to educational opportunities, skills development opportunities, like specific trainings. Maybe you're giving them a budget so that they can be doing that themselves. That's a fantastic test. Like here's an education budget. Here's a mentorship budget go forth and do well and see, are they creating new opportunities? Do they join the local, local like supper club or what was that like speaking thing where everybody learns an improv club or are they, are they saying yes to things that actually develop them as a dynamic member of your organization? You could potentially mentor them or assign them a mentor within the organization or assign them a mentor within your industry. You could encourage them to seek that out by saying, we like to support people who look for opportunities to develop and grow. <laughs> like, again, none of this should be a secret. We do want to look for initiative. We do want to see people who are able to listen to instruction or read or hear, or, you know, whatever it is. They're, they're picking up on senior leadership and the superstars in your organization, whether it's you or other people working with you, potentially, again, partners, luminaries, influencers in your industry, in your community, and they're, 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 they're mimicking that behavior for lack of a better term. Like they're saying, oh, you do this, I should probably do this too. I'm noticing this person is using Prezi instead of PowerPoint. I'm going to start doing that. I'm not saying you have to like spell out every single thing that this like high achiever is going to do. But what I am saying is like, make it very clear what the markers for success are. We like initiative. We like people trailblazing. We like people trying new things. Some organizations, they don't want that. They don't want people bringing new ideas and creativity. That's totally fine. There's no judgment. But help your people see 
and then do (laughs) the things that will indicate to you, this is someone I want to continue developing and investing in. Lastly, empower them. So you're the leader. It's interesting. I had this conversation very recently where I said, well, what, where, do, where do your VPs see themselves in five years? And the response was, they asked me that. That's incredible. Now, look for someone who's looking for initiative, that might not feel like the right answer. But what that says to me is those VPs truly trust the CEO. They are committed to the CEO. They're saying, you say jump, we ask how high. That's awesome. Now that might not feel like the same trailblazing, (laughs) courageous, rule-breaking rebel who starts a business. You don't really want those people working for you because they're going to go and start their own business unless you make it really worth their while, right? So understanding who these people are, how they work, again, what are their strengths, potentially what are their weaknesses, will enable you to put that right button in that right seat. I'm big on values, but not all seats have the exact same values, certainly in the same order of priorities. I've used this example a lot, but I might not want my IT person to be like the most fun that's like coming in maybe a little bit hungover, but like still going to get the job done and like kind of like getting creative with the code and not like worried too much about the details. Like I kind of want my IT person to be a hell of a lot more introverted, maybe a little less adventurous and a little less fun. Although I definitely want excellence and freedom. Now I might want someone who's more customer service facing to be super fun, super free, super adventurous. And they can be a little loosey-goosey around the edges. Maybe they're not getting in all the data at the end of every call. Maybe they wait, you know, it's a pretty obvious example. You are the leader. You are the boss. So you create this ascension plan. Once you identify that this is somebody you want to develop in your organization, you're giving them projects, you're giving them challenges, you're giving them that space to grow. You have an idea of where they're growing to. That's an important time to think about mentorship, to think about guidance, to think about giving them examples, positioning them as a leader, giving them presentations, giving them opportunities to bring you ideas, reward them for bringing you problems, create an exchange of trust where you let them lead. You let them tell you what they think, what's going to work, give you a strategy and you test it. And if it doesn't work, you give them the opportunity to improve it. You let them fall over so that they can pick themselves up, dust themselves off, and keep going. That's going to look a little bit different for everybody, obviously. But it is about opening to the potential that their way might be an even better way than your way. When you get to a certain level of leadership, you absolutely want to be complimenting yourself. We don't need two of you, right? (laughs) There are a lot of leaders, and I think this is much more of like an old world business, that like it is your way or the highway, 100%. I fully support that. But the danger with that is that you surround yourself with yes people who only ever agree with everything you think, say, and do. And then you're in this echo chamber. No one's challenging you. No one's taking on different or creative ways of thinking and therefore breaking the mold and finding like disruptive pattern breakers. That doesn't make sense. They're finding ways of disrupting existing patterns to create unique, 
and innovative solutions. That can happen even when you're doing, like when you are someone who really prefers it to be done your way and you have a proven methodology that works, there is always space for improvement, right? And that's like when I kind of talk about energy leadership and like the attitude, the energy, the perspective, the mindset, the purpose behind your productivity. When we're looking for innovation, that means we're looking for doing things differently. Think differently to quote, you know, find people who compliment you. Find people who do things a little bit differently, who think differently, who you trust. And you do that through this ascension plan because what you'll start to see is they will persevere. They will, they will try things differently, but it will always be in alignment with your values. So they will challenge you, but it will be in a way that they are pushing for the best outcome with the belief that it's the best for the organization as a whole, not for themselves. And you feel that, like you feel that that difference in action and speaking and doing in team work, you know? And something that some of my visionaries are challenged by because they can see it so clearly, they see the desired end result. They kind of assume that when someone says, yeah, like VP of sales sounds great. They don't understand what a differentiated client base might be or differentiated product suite, or we're looking for differentiated markets. Like, their whole thing is like, well, I'm VP of marketing and sales, so I just need to make us more money, right? But you might have a different perspective on on how you want to make that money or playing with different pricing models or positioning models or marketing models or platforms or so on and so forth, right? So let them know like in six months, this is what I would like to be seeing. The evidence of success is what I like to talk about that. So the relationship that they have with the clients, the trust your vendors, partners, clients are putting in them, that they are able to problem solve and see problems before they even happen, that when problems happen, there's no like reaction or uh, panic. There's no spiraling. It's welcomed because problem means an opportunity to improve. And we handle things calmly. We handle things in a manner that again, reflects the organizational values. You, my friend, as the CEO leader, change maker, rebel, rule breaker, trailblazer, you are the lead by example demonstration. So if you see something you don't like, or if someone isn't performing to a level, I would suggest making sure that your side of the street is clear and clean and tidy and put together before you go knocking on their door, right? Because as a leader, you are demonstrating exactly what it is you want to see in your organization. Again, there's a couple like pretty clear indicators if people aren't talking about problems. If people, I mean, very clear indicators, they're not showing up, they're not doing the work, you're feeling disappointed in their performance. Rather than just jumping to like, you're bad, you're a bad worker, ask yourself like, do they have the time? Do they have the understanding? Do they have the resources? Perhaps they're not ready yet for the job that they've been offered. And there's a development opportunity there. And with that development, with that investment, there's going to be this amazing, amazing exchange. I personally like to surround myself with opposites. Like I like to find the yang to my yin. I work in a very specific way. I have a lot of awareness around that. I warn people before they start working with me. If you need a micromanager, if you need a ton of encouragement, I'm very, very positive. Words of affirmation are my love language, but you're not, you're not going to get that from me all day, every day. I 
Like when I get into my zones, when I'm batch processing, I'm incredibly focused because I am so easily distracted. If something hasn't happened, I've probably forgotten about it. Remind me. I completely ignore micromanaging, but that's why micromanaging actually works for me. Because if you just send me the same thing over and over and over again, like I ignore it until I have the space for it. And then I do it. No drama. I have really, really strong boundaries. And if that upsets you, <laughs> like if you're expecting an immediate turnaround, that's probably not, I'm not going to be the right person to work with because I work in my own time. I am the boss, right? So I tend to give people like a pretty good understanding of what they can expect from me. And also I hire people with a high sense of urgency, <laughs> people who love checking things off a to-do list, people who measure the success and ultimately the, the reward of their day by how much they got done. Because that's just not how I work. It, I used to work like that 100%. But there's plenty of work. We can, we can give you huge to-do lists. You can feel so accomplished at the end of your day. We can celebrate that together. Like, Find out how you work best and honor that. If you want it to be your way or the highway, again, like full permission, but be clear about that with your team. I'm not looking for creativity here. There is a proven methodology and I want you to follow it step-by-step. Step. There is a script. There are bullet points that you need to go through. If those aren't addressed, this might not be the right place for you. Some people have like some weird guilt and shame around thinking that like as the boss, they're not allowed to tell people what to do or how to do it. You totally are, but... Not everybody's going to want to work for you if that's your methodology, which is fine. I've said this a million times, but I will continue saying it because every time I say it, someone goes, ah. it takes five hiring cycles. It takes at least hiring for a job five times. And often, like especially in a scaling organization, five entire hiring cycles. Because every time you reach new thresholds, you kind of need to hire a whole new level of like sales, service, IT, you know, infrastructure, outbound, internal building, like uh, HR, training, blah, blah, blah. Like it, it takes several rounds organizational wide and then for a job for you to finally figure out who in general is going to be successful in this particular position. If you're looking to be able to really delegate and empower people, that's one thing. If you're looking to be able to complement, as in like overcome challenges, weaknesses in yourself and your organization, that's another. This is actually where like HR professionals are really gifted. And when you find the right person to advise you on this, it's very helpful because they help you grow your business. They help you know where your business is going. You might have ideas about the right salesperson, but if you're looking for a differentiated client base or product suite, that's going to be different than somebody who's just like selling widgets. Different, different levels of growth, different levels of pay, different levels of incentivization. So use values as your magnet. Values will help you filter, but importantly, they will attract the right people. This is a transformational process for you and for others. I think about it like fire. Like sometimes it's going to be hot, snappy, crackling, like uncomfortable, but it's transformative nonetheless. At, after that, you will be left with something very different than when you started. Slow burning embers, coals can be the hottest, most powerful form of heat and combustion out there. It doesn't always have to look like some bonfire, right? Like 
find what lights your team up, find what lights the individual up. So many people that I work with don't know the answer to that question. They don't know what burns within their individuals and their team, sometimes even within themselves. And also this will evolve. The way that you tend to those burning coals is very different than the crackling, burning campfire or your wood-burning stove, right? Like this is transformational. It is cyclical and it will take different types of fuel at different times for different people, so on and so forth. So just bring that level of awareness to this, right? This is a co-creative process. This is a synthesis. You are coming together with other people to create something bigger than yourselves. Like the sum of the parts is greater than any individual. I think about it like a song or a dance. Like there's a rhythm, there's a cadence. And just notice when that shifts. We might be at the end of a cycle. We might be in a different season in our business. It might be time to shake things up, shift people around. If you notice a change, recognize it, ask, get curious. It might not be, again, that someone's waking up and like, I am going to suck today. They might have had a really bad day. They might need permission to take a pause. You can trust your team. What? No, I know. Like you, People will work really, really hard without you watching them. When you find the right people, and I determine that by the value alignment, they share the values of you and your organization, your leadership, that particular team. They will get joy out of succeeding in their work. So reward the the demonstration of values and just simply bring attention to the things that are out of alignment. Gossip, that's a big one for me. Uh, Being disingenuous not telling the truth, missing deadlines. Like, I don't understand why people don't hit deadlines. You should see that coming. If you know the things due on Friday and it's Tuesday, you should know how long it takes you to finish. Like, tell me on Tuesday. Uh, I get shit happens. That's totally fine. But like, course changing, pivoting, 100%. That's going to happen. Acknowledge it. Hey, I know we said this, this, and now that. Okay? Are we still on board with this? Anyway, those are my own little like, things that I'm working on with, in. (laughs) But give your people space to do their best work. Give people second chances. Understand what it takes for you to build trust. You. And then tell people. Consistency. Honesty. Transparency. Problems. I want to talk about the problems, but I always want to have ideas and solutions. I can't handle complaining. Gossip. I don't want to hear about a problem you have with over there. Like, that's not, that's not my problem. Let people know, like, this is how you build trust with me. This is how you break trust with me. And once that trust is broken, we got to start all the way over. You get that. You get a second chance. You might not get a third. That's just not how I work. So be bring awareness to how you work best and then share that with your team. This is your world, right? Like, you get to do it your way. You get to build a business that supports you even on your worst day. That means it performs at its highest level without you being there. A lot of people like to position themselves as the linchpin, the bottleneck, (laughs) the most important influential piece in their business. And that's totally fine. It's just not very scalable. I also, I don't work with a lot of those people because a lot of my people also honor freedom. They want 
choice in terms of the work they're doing. They tend to be pretty creative, which means they need large chunks of time, right? But like, know that if every single decision I worked with C, I worked with the C-suite when I was a COO, they went through every single financial transaction in the business. It didn't matter if it was a $2 pencil from Staples or Officeworks or whatever office supply store, you know, or a $200,000 loan they were getting from some lender, like, or a $2 million sale. I mean, it was, it was wild. Like we would sit in a boardroom for eight hours while they went through every credit card statement, every bank account statement, every request for funding, every purchase. Like it was, yeah, it was mind numbing to have to sit there and watch it. Um, but that's what they did. That it gave the, it, that's how they wanted to run their business. That's why I didn't stay working there for very long. <laughs> so we all, we all have full permission to do it our way, to put ourselves in a position where we can be successful and put people in positions where they can be successful. If you've got someone consistently underperforming, that would suck for them too. Like help them find a better opportunity, whatever that looks like. I'm a big believer in consistency. We talked a little bit about this and just like patterning. When you notice a shift, when you feel a shift, call it out. Someone's probably like over in the corner hoping that you don't notice them, but when they actually feel seen and supported, like everything shifts. And lastly, like I said, this is your world. Create a desirable world. <laughs> Even if you know people are going to burn out in six months, at least make it worth their while. Like that happens through reputation and recognition. You know, like Elon Musk and Twitter, like every person that lasted the last six to 12 months gets to say on their resume, I was a part of Elon Musk's ex. That's a big deal that's going to get them hired at another organization. So make your space recognizable, influential, and industry leader, or pay people really damn well. Give them clear indicators. I love the model where it's transparent pay. So you know exactly what everybody's getting paid at every sort of iteration within the organization. You know what you can advocate for it. You know it's, it's fair potentially not the actual hiring prices and whatever because of like our own human bias and that's a whole nother conversation, but you can see what's available and why and potentially even the metrics to get there. Freedom, co-managed PTO policies, flexible work schedules, flexible work days, flexible work spaces. For some people, that's the most important thing. They don't really care what they're doing as long as they can do it on their time to support a young family or uh, travel or uh, caretaking or education, right? Opportunity and development. Some people work with you because you're the best training and growth opportunity in the, in the industry. That was that, the cannabis company that we worked with. I worked really hard to develop programs and actual training so that people could get out of a dispensary and into the corporate building or people could go from corporate to cultivation, kind of depending on where they wanted to go. I allowed them to kind of choose their own adventure in terms of their own ascension plan because 80% of that workforce was minimum wage. And most of the time people are doing a job like that for an opportunity. They That's entry level. They might not have the background to get them into another position or they're obsessed with the industry and they want another and better opportunity. So give them that. We gave the best training. We were the worst pay, but best training. People could get hired after working for us for a little while. Community. That's one I underestimate consistently when it comes to work. Some people just want 
to meet like-minded individuals who they get. I mean, they're spending probably two thirds of their life with these people, eight hours a day, eight hours of their 24 hour. I mean, if they're sleeping eight hours, they're working eight hours and they've got another few hours of whatever time. Yeah. The work community is really important. You don't have to pick one of those. You can layer them on top of each other. But when you create a magical, wonderful world where people get what they want, not only will they stay, but they will grow and they develop and they will scale with your business. So thank you as per always for being here. Maybe I should ask people to review the podcast at the beginning. I'm going to do that for the next episode because I have hilariously low reviews despite my listenership. So there's that. Lots of fun things happening. Depending on when you're listening to this, please go to nicolebz.com forward slash freebz, aka freebz, <laughs> F-R-E-E-B-Z. That will let you know whatever it is that I'm doing in the moment. Probably anti-business school is open. If not, there's always, well, it's usually open. It just depends on your price point, but there's always fun fun rewards in the Discord container or uh, in the loop, which is my weekly-ish newsletter. All of those links will be below in the show notes. I know a lot of you probably listen to this while you're doing things like driving, blah, 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 whatever. It's almost always the same resources linked. If I refer to podcasts or articles or things like that, those change per episode. But you can always leave me a review. You can also always join the Discord. It is free in perpetuity. It is where I'm actually showing up most of the time. It's no pressure, no guilt. It's just a fun little resource full of creative entrepreneurs just like you. And that's it. That's all I got. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, this might be the end of season two, beginning of season three. I haven't decided yet, but we have a whole new like intro that's coming. I'm really excited. So stick around. Lots of fun things happening. New courses. There's a crypto course coming. Anti-business school is going to get completely revamped. We're going to do a whole digital transformation workshop. It's going to get really exciting. So I love it. I wouldn't be here without you. I do this for you. Oh, last feedback. Love some feedback. Email hello at NicoleBZ.com. If you've got questions, I will answer them. I will make a whole episode about it. Lots of these episodes are inspired by you. So I'm here for you. I really am. Bye.